What's up, y'all? It's your boy. Watch this. Give me a beat. You're listening to the Afro Beats podcast. Garden table content inspired by culture and soul. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Chris from Afro Beats. Back at it again. Uh, I'm out of town right now. I'm with the uh, the food project, doing my thing, learning how to better myself, my community, and the youth I work with at the Washington Youth Garden. So I still want to be consistent and give you guys the content you deserve, you need. So this episode is another throwback of when I did a takeover of the Edible Activist podcast with Melissa L. Jones. Go ahead and check my girl out after that. That's big sis. That's fam. So go ahead and do that and uh, enjoy this episode. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Chris from Afrobeats. Get it again, and you're listening to the Edible Activist podcast, broadcasting live from the Lime DC on Full Service Radio. I'll be taking over for your host, Melissa L. Jones, for the month of July. And in the meantime, I'll continue to bring dynamic and amazing guests here on the Edible Activist podcast. In studio today, we're joined by award-winning Chef Veronica. Chef Veronica creates world-class Latinx cuisine using the flavors and cooking methods of her foremothers before her. If you're lucky enough to experience her amazing food at various pop-ups in the D.C. area, you may be treated to award-winning oyster mushroom street tacos, jackfruit taquitos, or mouth-watering garden enchiladas while I try not to drool on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) The plant-based masterpieces she creates is her edible activism. With the fresh ingredient always in mind, she promotes both compassion and awareness around the food she prepares, while also never forgetting her Salvadorian roots in everything she does. Welcome. Wow, thank you. (laughs) That was Now, do I call you Chef Veronica or Chef V? You can just call me Chef V. All right, I like like that. I like that. A little shorter. So, Chef V... (laughs) Welcome. Thank you for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. It's Absolutely. an absolute pleasure to be here today. I'm glad to have you. Uh, I want to get into like your origin story. Like, How did you get here? How did you start cooking, You know, pursuing the plant-based diet and doing all these amazing things with food? Oh, wow. Well, um, I've always loved food. Uh, I remember first getting in the kitchen at around eight years old. Um, but with plant-based food, it's been almost three years, and it's been a really great experience so far. Very challenging, but I love a challenge. So, uh, being able to take traditional recipes uh, from you know my culture and veganizing them uh, with plant-based ingredients has been both really tasty and very adventurous. I love it. I love it. What are some of those things that have been challenging you're talking about? Like, what are some of the most difficult things that you felt you had to transition with? Uh, Well, in the Salvadoran culture, I think in all of Central South America, meat is something that um, is always desired. Huge. Yeah. Um, You know, there's churrasco, there's all kinds of um, plates that are surrounded around meat. And um, just being able to uh, replicate those flavors was a challenge, but um, it w- it's not impossible. And that's, that's sure. one of the beautiful things that I found was that um, you can take uh, plants uh, from the ground and, and replicate those flavors because really it's about the ingredients that you season 
the meat with. Right, right. Um, so you're putting sage, you're putting oregano, cilantro into the meat to give it that, that flavor. But all of those are plant-based ingredients. Right. The uh, plants is what's flavoring the meat in the first exactly. place. Um, so I've, I really love to cook with mushrooms, uh, chanterelles, oyster mushrooms, uh, portobello steaks. Yeah. You know, it, the, the possibilities are endless. Absolutely. So let's go back a little bit. When you were little, you had your first kitchen experience. What was that first kitchen experience? What is, when I say, you know, go back and think about what created you as a chef, what is that one moment that bright, brings you back well uh my first experience in the kitchen uh even before actually touching the food was watching my mom uh she used to always have people come over every weekend people would come in groups and eat her food and it was just such a great fellowship and I wanted to be part of that in some way and just feeling, you know, the energy of of what she was creating that really inspired me. So my first uh, experience with food was I was alone. She had gone out and I was with my dad and he was, I think he was like mowing the grass or something. And I saw a bag of masa harina, so corn flour. Yeah. And I said, let me make some tortillas for my mom. So when she comes home, she doesn't have to make them herself. But I was eight. Um, so I wasn't too sure what I was doing. But I remembered that she had told me that when she was my age, she had plenty of experience cooking meals for her family. So I said, I, I can do this. You know, I've, I've watched. And I made a complete mess. But I did it. And I just never stopped after that. Yeah, I love it. You get that little first little bug. I feel like I was similar in that way. Whatever <laughs> I did was probably 10 times worse than whatever you made. Because I remember like the first thing I ever made was like trying to make mac and cheese. I like stuck cheese to the macaroni and like just stuck it in the microwave. I was like, yeah, that, that sounds legit. And I it, mean, it sounds it, <laughs> logical. <laughs> it did not go well. I'll tell you that. So how did you make that transition to the the plant-based lifestyle? What was that driving force that, you know, pushed you in that direction? Oh, wow. There's, um, I feel like there was a few things that really inspired me and motivated me to make the change. Um, We really don't have vegan family members, Mm -hmm. um, but we had one. And uh, his name is Rolando, and he uh, gifted us a cookbook. And I decided to, you know, give it a try. Whenever he'd come over, I would make a plant-based meal. And I thought that was really cool. Um, Shortly thereafter, we adopted a senior dog from Alexandria uh, Animal Rescue. She was um, at the shelter for a while. No one was interested in her. And we just felt like we wanted to give her her last few amazing days yeah um so little did we know that she would be changing our life she taught us about compassion like we got to experience how uh, alive she was and how you know animals have feelings just like we do and um a little bit of this a little bit of that uh hot sauce that's her name um (laughs) hot sauce really made us reflect on like well this is a dog and there's other sentient beings like a cow or a pig that also have feelings and they're 
even smarter than a dog. Yeah. Like, why am I still eating that? Mm. And why am I putting them in my body? You know, they don't want to die. So um, my husband and I, we had no idea that we had made the decision to try vegan food and to try and make the lifestyle change. But we did it spontaneously at the same day. And we kind of uh, talked to each other and said, hey, I made this decision. What do you think? And he says, well, I want to let you know that I also want to make this decision. And I want to make the change. So ever since then, we just made the change and we haven't gone back. Awesome. Awesome. Good job, husband. Thanks for supporting. He's in the studio He's today. He's in the studio Shout today. Out Shout out to him. <laughs> um, so that transition, I know, isn't always easy. Mm-hmm. You know, you've known something most of your life. And what, at what like age or what point in your life did you make this change? Like, just to give a time frame. Oh, well, it hasn't been too long ago. Yeah. It's um, been about three years, I believe. Almost mm. three years. Okay. Um, so... I'm not going to tell you how old I am. If, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not if that's going there. what I you're going like, for. <laughs> I'm in my mid thirties, but, um, yeah, it's, it was definitely, um, something that we, I, well, I can only speak for myself, but, um, knowing the information mm-hmm. after, you know, and after you, you know, do research and really listen to your conscious and, um, you're more aware of your effect on the world, right. then you can go back to eating meat, but there's always something that's going to tell yeah. you. It's hard Are to you go sure back. that yeah. you want to eat that bacon? Mm. I mean, um, that bacon has pain in it. Right. You know, this pig screamed mm-hmm. before. There was that adrenaline rush, and I don't want to put that in my body. Right. Um, so, and they have a right to live. You know, I... I'm not. I'm not going to support that market uh, for 15 minutes of pleasure. Yeah, and you know, take their whole life away. Yeah, I I think that's that's always tough. What is you know what is that correlation between what our food, what we know our food comes from, and culture? Because you've found this like incredible, unique way to include your heritage, your Salvadorian heritage, in the food. So how do you? connect back to the land through your food well if you think about it um many years ago we didn't have cows in el salvador yeah Uh, those were brought over with uh, colonialism interesting um we were mostly plant-based we ate a lot of flowers we ate a lot of beans um a lot of products from the earth so there's um tying that into my culture salvadorian culture um we there's a lot of things that we can eat and that a lot of things that we have been eating for many years that are already plant-based. Yeah. Um, of course, things have changed over the years. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the pupusa, pupusas. I'm not, but I'm hearing a lot more that I'm looking into. Like, I talk about that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, pupusas is like the national food for okay. El Salvador. So it's pretty much a corn tortilla filled with um, any type of ingredient. So typically, if you go out to D.C., you're going to find cheese and meat or mm-hmm. bean and cheese. Um, but the original pupusa did not have cheese. We didn't have access to cheese. Right. Um, so it was made of mostly bean, mm-hmm. and it was made of, um, we call it pipian, which is a version of zucchini. 
Um, so that that was the original pupusa, and wow. it's been colonized. Yeah. So now we have it with cheese, and now we have it with meats. Gotcha. Okay. So um, the stuff we're getting, you know, in the stores and you know these basic restaurants, those are just like the Americanized, like colonized version of what it originally was. Yeah. I mean, um, if you speak to um, just like a Salvadoran, they're going to say, yeah, pupusa uh, has cheese and it mm-hmm. has, and, and it's what we have been uh, accustomed to, to eating right. over the years. But um, with Vegan Feast by V, I, I like to accommodate what people are accustomed to eating. Right. So I make it with cheese, but I make it with a nut cheese. Um, mm-hmm. So I make it with cashew cheese. And um, we can make it with meat. We can make it with uh, shiitake uh, mushroom. And we just follow the same process of the cooking. And we can mimic the flavors. So you're not giving away. You're not giving up anything. Right. You're just exchanging. Eating better and being better. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We're just going to take a quick pause here. Uh, If you're just joining us, this is Chris from... Afrobeats on the Edible Activist Podcast on Full Service Radio in the Lime, D.C. We're here with Chef V, Chef Veronica. Hello. And she's telling us all about her amazing uh, Latinx foods, her Salvadoran heritage and tradition, and how she kind of made that transition to, you know, a plant-based diet. Yeah. And so, yeah, it seems like you, even though you focus on, like, Salvadoran, like, cuisine, you still take from other cultures as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I saw you did like, you know, Afro-Latina collaboration yeah. in one of your pop-ups. Can you talk a little bit about that and that little crossover you did? Yeah, for sure. Um, so one of my really good friends, uh, Chef Mari, uh, she is a Liberian-American and mm-hmm. we partnered up for an event for Thanksgiving called Thankful. And what we did was we merged our cultures together wow. and we made a dish that was both Central American, and then they had her flair as well. And it was really interesting to um, build a menu together um, because it was multicultural. And it, you know, we're both also American. So um, we definitely had the, she had the mac and cheese there. Yeah. yeah. We had um, the event sold out. It was really amazing. Um, She's actually having a pop up uh, July 14th. Okay. And she's doing um, some of her classic classic foods but um that event was really it was really great because we had people come together for a thanksgiving meal that probably didn't have such a great time with their families on thanksgiving right. because you know people shoving drama turkey yeah drama like, just why aren't you drama. eating my food you know <laughs> grandma getting offended you know all these kind of scenarios mm. and then you had this event where we brought people together and we were all just eating delicious food that had no animals in it yeah. and just um had a really great experience together Built, so. sound like a great community yeah around it. i love that it was wonderful and yeah. it was here um on h street okay pretty cool okay so speaking of that i imagine you've had your own challenges with transition and plant-based life like you said culturally it's a a lot of cultures meat is very heavy and it's like you know specifically talking to me like if you're not eating something like that's those are fighting words like how dare you not eat my food like you're ungrateful like Mm -hmm. you know this and that so how did you what were some of the challenges you came across you know transitioning and how did you kind of deal with that um so 
my mom has always been the the cook. Yeah. She's always been the chef, you know. And um, even now, uh, when we have family gatherings, I respect her space in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I don't say, Mom, I'm going to take, you know, I let her. Um, but the challenge has been, oh, well, we got to make something different for you kind of thing. But I've slowly been uh, just with my actions. You know, I and, and that's one thing that I um, believe is really important is don't talk about it. Just do it, you know. Yeah. So um, when I come over, I bring her some food. Oh, here, have some chickpea guisado, which has similar uh, flavors that she's used to. And then the next thing you know, she's making the same dishes that I've made. And she's also helped me at some of my pop-ups. Wow. So um, I feel like having that experience of, of actually cooking it and seeing the happiness in people's face and how much they enjoy it, it, it really helped her embrace veganism yeah. in our family. You know, I, I think it's, there's a misconception, too, that, you know, veganism is bland. People are like, oh, you just eat, like, rabid food, you know. it's yeah. You know, you hear it all. It's, it's still seen as a very, like, white movement, but now mm-hmm. there's this surge of, like, you know, chefs of color, like, coming into the space and putting their own spin on different dishes. Um, so what are, like, some suggestions you can do for somebody who thinks they have to give up, you know, their cultural foods uh, to pursue this lifestyle, to live healthier? Well, I would say the first thing is put all of your seasonings on the counter Yeah. and look at them. And, um, I mean, one of my friends, a uh, black feminist vegan, she does carrot dogs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of the uh, recipes that we use for meat include, uh, like, smoked... Um, smoked paprika? Yeah, like smoked paprika. <clears throat> Excuse me. Smoked paprika... Um, like smoked oils, you know, truffle oils. Um, so I think by looking at your seasonings and looking at everything that you are planning on putting on the meat and just if you don't like mushrooms, that's fine. I mean, there's so many meat substitutes in the store. You don't have to go oh, yeah. like you don't have to like go from one to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Every little step counts. If you're going to say, you know what, for lunch, I'm going to try a vegan version of, let's say, orange chicken. Yeah. You can go to the store and get yourself a packet of Gardein Mm -hmm. and start from there. If you really, you know, that's a first step. I did that. Yeah. Um, I didn't always, you know, enjoy eating a full plant-based. I missed it. And, you know, when you go vegan, it's not because you don't like the taste of meat all of a sudden it's it's still there you know you've grown up eating this food so it's definitely a journey yeah i will say and there's no need to be judgmental or you know if you don't go zero to 100 from one day to the next it's definitely a process and i i would say put your seasonings on the counter and then look at them see what you can replace it with just a little at a time that's it very easy i like loved all the food on your page on your instagram if you guys where can people find your instagram by the way uh so my ig handle is vegan feast by v Mm -hmm. and i try to inspire others by cooking and posting foods that you can make at home you know i could i could post gourmet foods but 
Um, I like to keep it simple. Yeah, make it relatable. Make it relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just yesterday I posted, it was rice, beans, grilled corn Mm -hmm. on a bed of baby kale. Yeah. That's pretty easy. It was delicious. It it looked amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. I'm like, I really want to try the jackfruit taquitos because I had a uh, Salvadorian roommate. And before I went plant-based, she hooked me up with some Mm -hmm. taquitos. And it was like the best thing ever. It's nothing like the stuff you get in the store. Like, it's just... Absolutely. Blow your mind. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'd be happy to make that for you. Oh, I would love that. And she brought me avocado, y'all, like organic avocado, which is also, that's like a little gem in itself. So I love that. Thank you for it. Oh, well, you're welcome. Um, I always feel like, you know, I'm, I, I came to your home. This mm-hmm. is your place. And I, I don't like to come I'm actually handed. just uh, loped in here. This is Melissa's home. <laughs> everybody. This is Chris just hanging in here. But <laughs> yeah. Temporary home. Temporary home. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and what better gift than to, you know, give you like a whole uh, unaltered, you know, yeah. I didn't do anything to it. It's mm-hmm. your choice. And you don't really have to do anything to an avocado. It's perfect already. It, it is so perfect. <laughs> so speaking of ingredients, how important is the ingredient in what you do? Like, are you, how are you sourcing some of your foods for some of these events? Like, do you, are you a grower? Do you like growing stuff? Are you going to the farmer's market? Like, what's your process? Um, well, I like to support brown and black businesses there's a yes. um there's a, a store uh at union market and okay. it's called frutas mexicanas okay and they have reasonable prices because i also you know want to keep my prices accessible mm-hmm. um they have reasonable prices and they are family-owned business from mexico and they're only open from like 5 a.m to like 4 p.m okay so you get there as early as you can and it's really interesting to see all of the different um, people of color mm-hmm. that happen to be vendors at that time as well. Yeah. So it's like a mixing bowl of everyone making food to make other people happy and to make them satisfied. So it's a really great environment. I also do like the farmer's market. Yeah. Um, I used to work at a farmer's market a long time ago. So I love it. I know a lot of the vendors, so a lot of the know. tricks. You know the yeah. ins and outs. The ins yeah. and outs, bartering. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um so it's called Frutas Americana? Frutas, Frutas Mexicana. Mexicana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Check that out, y'all. Check that out. Um, so what are some of the, like, common ingredients in, like, Salvadorian cuisine that people who live in, like, the Americas might not be familiar with? Like, that's not usually traditional and, you know, commercialized American food. Um, well, we use a lot of herbs. Okay. Um, cilantro, perejil, which is parsley. Okay. Um we use a lot of tomato and onion. Mm, okay. So when you go in a Salvadorian kitchen, the first thing you're going to smell is a little bit of oil with tomato and mm-hmm. onion uh, cooking on the stovetop. And that's like the base for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so it's not really that you know uh, complicated okay just so pretty simple i I only asked because i was doing some research on el salvador and i was looking at the national like plant and it's actually like in the yucca family Uh, yeah yeah and they use it in like cooking right you guys yes yeah yes um we actually cook with um Several flowers. Okay. Um, one other popular one is the uh, loroco, but flor de sote does come from um, the flower from the palm tree, and that's typically cooked with eggs or pickled. Yeah, uh, we like pickling a lot of stuff. So oh, we wow. like pickled cabbage, uh, curtido. Yeah. It's it's really good, and then you leave it in your fridge for 
forever. Like six months. Yeah. It's so good. The uh, longer it's in there, it's kind of like a food kombucha yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, or kimchi. Yeah, yeah. You could say that too. Um, but flor di sote is, is definitely a beautiful flower, okay. an edible flower. Yeah. Uh, loroco is also um, an edible flower, and that comes from a vine. And we put that in pupusas, um, and we put it in rice. And you can put it in anything. It's it gives it a really delicious flavor. Interesting. I definitely want to you know step up my my culinary game. Use some flour. So you might have to yeah, teach me a couple of things. Yeah, of course. But uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and take a little break here. We're gonna be right back, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Awesome. You're listening to Perfect Day, produced by Artists Authentic. For more of Authentic's work, visit allornothingstudios.com. We're back. This is your boy Chris from Afrobeats, and you're listening to the Edible Activist Podcast, broadcasting live from the line DC on full service radio. And we're joined with Chef Veronica. Chef V's in the house, y'all. Hello. And, <laughs> and we were just talking about um, just cultural Salvadorian foods. We we're talking about the importance of the ingredients and Chef Veronica's like plant-based journey. And so now I want to get into uh, food security. So what are some of the biggest things you see? Cause we were talking earlier before the podcast and we were talking about, you know, you doing chef demos in some of the schools and within mm-hmm. some of the communities, what are the, some of the issues you're seeing, um, with kids getting the nutrition that they need? And Oh man. Well, I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And, um, just from my personal experience, um, I remember, like getting a little block of pizza for yeah. <laughs> for lunch with like a side of really uh unnaturally sweet corn oh yeah um so it's like candy <laughs> yeah i mean it was good i liked it but i'm not sure how good it was for you right. um 
I feel like uh, a lot of things haven't changed. Uh, I went to visit my uh, niece the other day at school, and they had, you know, a similar square of pizza. So, uh, you know, public schools, it's, I mean, I understand that kids are not getting the adequate nutrition in school um, for their brains to develop properly. And you really have to either eat really well at home or just deal with what you have in school. And a lot of, I mean, I grew up in an area where we didn't have a lot of money and there weren't a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot of access to uh, quality foods. And we didn't always shop on the outside of the aisles, we shopped inside right, the aisles. Right. So that's where, that's where all yeah. the processed foods. And um, I feel like a lot of the foods that you see today in schools are canned. And, yeah. you know, there's, I don't know if they're BPA lined or not, but um, we could definitely do better. For sure. We can definitely do yeah. better. As a, a former teacher myself, like I could see the effects on the kids before and after they eat lunch. And it's completely like differently. Like, everything is high sugar. They're through the roof. They're running around. So, you know, definitely need to do better on that. Um, what are some of the things that are important to you outside of, you know, the food business? You know, I, I did a little bit of research on you and I saw that you're interested in like floral arrangements. And you also did like a little bit of singing back in the day. Oh, you, got, yeah. you got some mic skills. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this was a while back, but um, I just like I feel like I'm a I'm, I'm a creative person. So no matter what I do, I just find a creative outlet in it. And um, I do love floral arrangements. I'm actually currently uh, getting ready for my baby shower. Yeah. Um, family's growing. Family's growing, yeah. Have a little plant-based baby in there. <laughs> um, she is going to be here in about two and a half months. So just getting floral arrangements ready. And I just love art yeah. in all forms. So whether it be in food presentation, um, floral arrangements, the different colors. I just love, I love colors in every uh, spectrum. So yeah. um, I also did sing. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have a band, which was called Von Cake, and it was a bachata band. So I we did uh, Dominican music with my uh. husband. And it was really great. We did a few tours. We're on Pandora, Spotify. Yeah. A couple of music videos in there. Go check her out, y'all. Go check I her mean, out. I mean, they're really old, so <laughs> I don't know if I'm very proud of them right now. But um, it, it definitely helped me evolve into into who I am today. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. I love that yeah. influence. I, I used to, like, do a little bit of bachata because I was living in Boston, and they have, like, a huge Dominican population. Mm-hmm. And so I was just bachata music through the streets like at any hour of the night it was crazy it's a really uh catchy genre yeah. and it's it's lovely to dance yeah yeah i love <laughs> it i'm um, going back to you know you having a baby and your family getting bigger mm-hmm. um what are some like pepper preparations maybe we can help people who are maybe in the plant-based lifestyle and they're about to have a baby as well what are some things you're doing like nutritional wise or you know to get ready for that moment Well, um, at the beginning of my pregnancy, I went to a, like, conventional doctor, like, you know, OBGYN, and 
the first thing was like, well, Veronica, where are you going to get your protein from? Oh, God. The uh, doctor was saying that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, where are you going to get your protein? Where are you, uh, what about your iron levels? And, you know, all those uh, kind of things. And uh, they kind of, if I can be poetic, they were kind of, I feel like they were like casting spells on me about yeah. things that could go wrong and like saying, well, you're going to, you know, you have a high chance of stillbirth. You have a high chance of uh, gestational diabetes because you're overweight and you're, you know, Hispanic and, you know, it's what your people have kind of thing. And yeah. it was really sad because here I am being happy that I'm going to be a mother soon and that have this life growing inside me and all you can do is talk about the things that are going to bring me down or that I don't have a choice about. So um, what I did was I switched over to a midwife and they were like, hey, Veronica, it doesn't matter what size your body is. Your body knows what to do. It's able to create a new life inside you. It's going to be able to know what to do for the baby to come out. And I recently had lab work, and um, my iron levels are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Iron levels on point. I mean, um, my I don't have gestational diabetes, Mm -hmm. um, even though they assured me I would. And um, my labs came back fine. So there was this fear that was instilled in me, and I was really happy that I was able to look at the bigger picture and say. This is just an opinion of someone who um, does not believe in my lifestyle right. or the things um, that I actually do with my life. I mean, just because you're overweight doesn't mean that you don't work out right. or that you don't care about your body. Um, so I made the switch and I'm over at Mama's and they're really amazing. Um, they're understanding, they're compassionate. And we have talked about protein, but they said, hey, Veronica, maybe you should eat a little bit more broccoli yeah, or eat a little more tofu and everything's great. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the business aspect. These are a little selfish questions here because Ooh. I'm an aspiring chef myself. I, I like it. what you're doing. So what was that process of kind of like starting your business like how did you make that transition from oh i'm gonna do this as a good did you go to culinary school or was i did some plant okay. lab courses online okay. so i i didn't go to a you know cordon bleu mm-hmm. or i didn't you know do the traditional way which i think it's is better it's kind of cool because yeah. um you can see food in a different in a different way and then you're you know, if you have other things to do, you can't spend eight hours, um, you know, in a culinary school. Right. You have to still work and yeah. you still have to take care of other things. Um, and online education is just fine. I mean, we would do videos and I would submit pictures of my work. Yeah. And it was still a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. um, but it was just easier for me. Was this before you went plant-based or after? After. It was after. So did they support your vegan lifestyle? Like, did they, you know, make sure your curriculum was based on plants and not animal products? Um, The curriculum, so the school is called Plant Lab. Plant Lab. Yeah, and um, it's completely plant-based. It's a a culinary experience for for plant-based chefs, and... um, you um the first course is raw vegan okay so you learn about making raw vegan food which um 
in my opinion, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just as much work as uh, cooking food as well because you marinate, you dehydrate, you um, you know still have to cut it down and you still have to treat it with care and love. Yeah. Um, but uh, the possibilities are endless. I remember. One of my favorite um, recipes was a heirloom tomato lasagna. Oh, wow. And that's just taking thick slabs of heirloom tomatoes with um, macadamia nut ricotta cheese, a little bit of basil pesto. Yeah. And um, I think that's it. I love that. It's pretty easy. Pretty good. Yeah. Do you feel like your palate and your creativity has expanded since you went plant-based? For sure. For sure. Can you go into a little bit of that? Like what... What creative oh, thing, other creative things have you been able to do? With so what, before going plant-based, I used to eat a lot of junk food um, and just not bland food. I would say um, over, over-salted food. Yeah. Um, a lot of processed meats. Um, so I, it's not like I was having a great, great experience all the time right. eating um, before. But um, going plant-based has really helped me expand my horizons. My palate is a lot nicer. Yeah. Like, um, especially with being pregnant, you can taste everything. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've taken that to my advantage when I'm uh, <laughs> creating recipes. Uh, so it's, it's been good. I feel like um, there's more of a challenge, but there's more of appreciation for nature right yeah i i definitely noticed when i went plant-based like everything like multiplied as far as my taste buds mm-hmm. like everything was sensitive you know you, you tasted everything from like the salt to the pepper everything would be you know spicier and just more crazy well you know um when you eat cheese or dairy it mm-hmm. even meats it dilutes your taste buds right? it dilutes it it, it it's like you have a film on your tongue. Mm. So once you detox from that film, then it's like everything is so alive. The mm. orange just tastes, you know, a lot better. Everything is just more, I don't know. Everything that you're eating is actually alive. So it's that like, makes it's sense. It's bright and it's, it's expanded bright. Yes. on. It's more complex in flavor. Exactly. I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us for today. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to do what we call a little rapid fire round. Ooh. Are you ready for that? Wow. I think I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First question. What is your favorite leafy green? Baby kale. Baby kale. Baby kale. Like any particular reason baby kale instead of regular kale? Um, I feel like it's easier to digest. Okay. And it's I still feel healthy AF. Yeah. Um so it's easier to like I don't know. It's just easier and I'm all about keeping it simple. Okay. So baby kale. I like that, I like that. Uh sweet, spicy, sour, or salty. You can only mm. pick one. These days, I'm about sour. Sour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love, um, we have a, a tomato cucumber salad mm-hmm. with lots of lemon juice and a little bit of salt. Oh, yeah. That is so the good. The acid. The acid. Oh. Lemon water. Give me everything lemon right now. Okay. Everything lemon. I like that. What about favorite fruit? Fruit. Mango. Mango. You. This is like the <laughs> third time in a row somebody says mango. Maybe it's just time for mangoes, you know? I mean, um... I love a good mango. I went to El Salvador and there was just, there's like so many different types of mangoes. Oh, yeah. um, there's like one that's like the highest 
of the highest of like sweetness mango. It's like really rare. I forgot oh, really? what it's called, but it's, it starts with the A. Gotta look into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mangoes are for sure the best fruit in my opinion. What is cooking in your pot these days, literally? Shishito peppers. Shishito peppers. Yes. I don't think I've had shishito peppers. How do you you How them? have you lived this I, far I, without? <laughs> I haven't lived. I haven't. You haven't lived obviously. until you tried a shishito pepper. I love I love the the way that it rolls out of your mouth like shishito. Shishito. Um they're small, they're mild, and you just put them on the grill or stovetop for like until they start kind of burning and yeah. blistering. Mm-hmm. And add a little bit of coarse salt, sea salt, and that's it. They're yeah. so good. Okay. I like that. Try them. Try them? All right. I'll definitely, definitely try those. Um, what is one way someone can channel their inner edible activist? Oh. Well, I only know one way, and that's what I do, mm-hmm. which is um, be an example. Um, do it. Like, share your food. Like, make it and share it with people. Don't even tell them it's vegan. Yeah, just, just, just sneak say, it up on them a little bit. You know, um, right now my mom has uh, cucumbers and tomatoes in her garden. Mm-hmm. So I'll just grab some and, you know, take it to the next cookout. Don't say a word. Just serve it and people, you know, appreciate it. And I think that it's kind of like a, a it's a passive way um, to channel your activism your food um it's just sharing um maybe not so much talking about it i'm more about the product yeah. so let me help you through your stomach and then we can talk about it but if you want to but uh leading by example i think is the best way i love that i love that well thanks for joining us chef veronica thank you for having me well that's it for today y'all that's that's wrap that's it so go ahead and go to apple podcast you know give your boy five stars go comment in there we trying to get better each and every week so if you're feeling your boy go ahead and take care of that share this podcast with your fellow gardeners foodies food historians all that noise do that and you know we'll talk to y'all next week i love y'all i appreciate y'all and remember keep moving to the beat of your own drum talk to y'all later fam peace